test, test. Hope you guys can hear me. This is Ian Pope coming to you live on the Popecast. I've returned to cast via Popecast once again. I'm using some AirPod headphones right now as I walk around while I'm getting my my oil changed. So I decided what a better thing to do. I love to do this and uh, thought I would hop on here live and catch you guys up. The Popecast, um, as it is known, has many, many episodes on all platforms um, right now. I think most all platforms. They're making new platforms I've never heard of all the time. So we are certainly on all the platforms I've heard of. But I uh, love to make those. I took a break for the whole summer from basically making everything that I make. Um, for the sake of spending time with the family and all that type of stuff. And it's been awesome to do that. It's been a fun summer. We're going to get back in approaching into the fall months and the winter months uh, right now where I get desperate for stuff to do. And I, this is one of those things that I really love to do. I hope the wind isn't too bothersome right now. I'm going to try to duck in somewhere out of the wind, maybe turn a different direction and walk in. I hope to get a caller at some point. It's always fun to get a caller. Call in. Feel free to join in on the stream here. And we'll catch up. I got so much to talk to you guys about. Um, first and foremost, the most interesting. I'll just lead. Lead with the biggest news. Don't bury the lead. As they say, the old, the old news adage. Rest in peace to the news. But the old adage, don't bury the lead. I will certainly not bury it any further as I continue to ramble and bury it even further. The lead, the biggest news of the day, if I may be so bold, is that um, I uh, am living next door to a murderer. How is that? How is that for, was that worth the wait? I'm living next door. I'll say this for the sake of legal purposes, intents, for all intents and purposes. Um, I am definitely living next to an alleged murderer. <laughs> I will say that. And who is alleging it? It's me. I am making the allegations. I believe that someday the law will um, follow me down this path. And uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's what's happening. I'll give you guys the full rundown. I'm going to re redact names because... Um, well, for like nine reasons, the first ones are pretty obvious. But the other one is that we still live next door to this murderer, to this alleged murderer, and we're in the process of moving. And so um, I would like to get my family <laughs> away from the murderer um, before, you know, ruffling any feathers, rocking any boats, if you will. So um, the story starts about two years ago when we first moved into our house. Our house um, was being built at the same time as the house next door. Same builder was building the two houses, yada, yada. Suburban Iowa, um, maybe I should have been less specific about my location, but suburbia, we are in suburbia in the new construction. And the home next door was being built. We eventually met the young lady that moved in there, um, young, uh, 26, 27, 28, maybe somewhere in there. Um, 
young gal and a recent graduate from a grad program of a nearby university. Seemed nice enough. Um, a little bit of an oddball, maybe if I'm being judgmental, but you know, far be it for me to call anybody an oddball. <laughs> um, she soon, or no, at that same time, she had a live-in boyfriend, and this guy was a royal jackass. I'm sure wherever he's at right now, he's still a jackass of of epic proportions. So, um, everything I would observe this guy do was. Uh, jackassery if you will if i may be so bold and the um relationship of theirs it ended in turmoil he was eventually thrown out by the police um escorted out my only regret um is that i was not there with middle fingers in the air you know wishing him bidding him adieu if you will i would have waved waved joyfully with one hand and I would have had a middle finger high in the air with the other hand if I had it had I known had I known had I known but I didn't know all this happened I don't know some day that we were gone maybe under cover of darkness but uh, he was thrown out a short while later a new gentleman whose name I will say someday I will definitely um, I'm going to put together a full series on this. This is just kind of the initial rambling, but uh, I will lay out all the details, all the names, all this information when the time is right. Um, I'm not on the forefront of the investigation here. I believe I've got no direct information, but I would be fairly confident that there is plenty of investigating happening behind the scenes because it was this new boyfriend um, where everything takes a turn and um, takes a turn for the worse. So the young lady was found dead uh, approximately three months ago um, by way of overdose, accidental drug overdose. May, may be the public, maybe the official um, stance, may have been the official stance when things were first kicking off. I think that they have um, possibly segued away from the accidental portion um, of that uh, ruling and that decision. So anyway, it all comes down to the fact that um, she died. And then the next day, within two days, the new boyfriend who had been living there for three months at the most moved in with the now deceased lady's best female friend. Okay. This whole thing is an episode of Dayline that's unfolding right before our eyes. And if I were a betting man, I would be putting down hard dollars, hard-earned dollars, that uh, this will be a Dayline episode. And we've got lots of good information that we could contribute to that or give to any investigators um, who may come a-calling. But I will not um, do that, uh, like I said, until the family is safely moved away. And um, this guy is just as big of a jackass. The first guy was a jackass by, he would, uh, you know, mow, he would scalp his lawn during hot summer months. Um, he had the personality of just, just a bag of dicks, just a hot, steaming summer's day bag of dicks. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just based on a gut feeling on a read that I could tell that something was wrong with this guy. 
And uh, lo and behold, eventually, you know, he was, I believe, found guilty of domestic abuse. And um, but he was definitely thrown out um, from the house and uh, never returned. So anyway, all that I know about the deceased lady, we didn't interact all that much. But all that I know about her for sure is that she had a horrible taste in men. And um, it was three months after she dated this current guy that um, her trip around the sun here with the rest of us was uh, was over. So sad deal. Um, it's since become kind of a party house. There's people there all the time. The new gal is still living there. What else is important information that I can add to this? There is so much important information. Let's see what else. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh yeah, this is this is huge. Um, we have the guy who's living there now has been presenting a pseudonym to the world. Um, he goes by a pseudonym. He, if you meet him, he will tell you a name that is not his real name. And we did some digging into this. We did some investigating, only to find that. Um, that um, he used to have a wife who alleges that he tried to hire a hitman to have her killed. And he has another significant other type of a relationship that ended in a similar way. I don't think this one was specifically alleging that he tried to have her killed. I think the second one was like more of like a stalking type of a scenario. So anyway, this guy's a certifiable nut job. Stay tuned. I didn't mean to get so long winded with that. Um, we've got a lot more fun stuff to talk about besides alleged murder. You know, I mean, this is fun. And the podcast is really going to dive into this in depth. Um, a lot more fun than that topic is uh, we reached. How's this for segue? Recently went and saw the Goo Goo Dolls down in Kansas City at the Starlight Theater. 90s um, starlets were in fine form down there. They they uh, played for a good hour and a half all their hits in the most famously Iris. Um, and uh, it was just a blast. Me and the wife went down there kid free and got away. And it was just a just a yippee kaye kind of a night. So, um, I don't think I, oh yeah. So at all these events lately, they're selling these beers. They're selling you those big giant silos of beer. They're selling you just all sorts of shenanigans, the big metal things with the screw tops, which is just a horrible way to drink beer. Not the worst way. The worst way that they can sell you a beer, I suppose is just in like a giant plastic cup. Not a good way to enjoy a beer. But the most common way, intersecting with the worst way that they will sell you a beer these days is to sell you a beer um, in these giant silos. I think that's the most common name for them. That's what we call them here in the Midwest. Here in Iowa, we call them silos of beer, man. And uh, Tall Boys, I think, is probably another common name. Let me know if you guys know of any other way that these are oftentimes referred. Um, but there's no good way to drink these. The bottom of the beer is always warm. Um, it's, you know, 200 degrees outside in the summertime right now. And it's impossible to drink this beer fast enough that the very bottom of the container is not just utter swill. You know, disgusting, disgusting, warm beer. Some people would say, 
why don't you drink your beer faster? You know, or, you know, and you, people would also argue that you can't just, you can't just waste, throw away the bottom of the beer because, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't waste beer. This stupid adage carry over from high school or college times when beer was, you know, a scarce commodity and was cash. And so it was just hard to, uh, you know, you didn't, beer was just much more valuable back then. Right now, in a full grown adult phase of life, as much as I may ever be, um, it would make sense to me to not subject yourself unnecessarily to drinking warm beer. Okay. So 12 ounce cans, we got to bring them back. We got to bring them back to events. I don't know who we need to talk to about this. Just like everything in life, I'm sure that it is a money issue, right? Everything is a money issue. It comes down to dollars and cents. My theory is this. They can charge more for the large beers, which is the obvious take, right? The obvious thing. They can charge more for these beers, but you're also going to drink less because it's more difficult to drink them. So the insurance people, I believe, are happy about this. If they start selling 12-ounce cans again, people like myself are going to start slamming 12-ounce cans. They go down quickly and smoothly and are just a joy to drink. And, um, you know, you really have to be dawdling on a hot summer's day to get a warm bottom to a 12 ounce beer. So my theory is that they want the beers to be bigger. The surface level reason be, being because they can charge more for them. The second being that they're still gonna make just as much money while selling you less beer, meaning they're gonna have less problems from hooligans. They're gonna have maybe less, you know, just things that security has to deal with, just a less of a pain in the ass. Is my my theory there? So, what do you guys think about that? Anybody thinks anything about that? I think some things about that, and those things I have just told you. Um, what else? So I'm going to keep working on that. I think there's something there. Um, the big thing uh, that I've written down lately. Let's see if I've written down anything lately. I'll tell you this. I was out for a jog the other day. Well, a walk, right? A glorified walk. Um, and I was at like a four-way stop with the lights, and I was standing there, sipping a water, waiting for it to, uh, pardon my yawn, waiting for it to turn green. And one of these, um, one of these jogger guys in the short shorts comes right up next to me, and he's sitting there at the four-way stop with me, and he's bouncing on the balls of his feet, and he's just sitting there, just gaily hopping back and forth, you know, without a care in the world. And right before the light turns green. He turns and he looks at me head to toe and he scans me from head down to toe and he looks back at me with a disgusted face, this very disgusted look on his face and he says to me, you shoes, you lose. I'll say that again. You shoes, you lose. I thought at first he said, you snooze, you lose, because that's what a normal person might say. That's still not that normal, but it's like a thing I've heard before. But he says, you shoes, you lose. And I'm bewildered, but right then the crosswalk changes and this guy takes off running. He was one of these barefoot running assholes, right? Takes off running, balls out, so I can't even respond to him, right? Running rarely has a true heel, but I could tell this guy had a callous soul, right? A regular Paul Bunyan. I'm sorry, that was all corny. Corny jokes. 
but I've never shied away from corn. I'm an Iowan. Alas, I uh, live for corn. I really don't, but because the people that I'm surrounded by and the agriculture of my state is corn-centric, I have been like swallowed into this corn, into this maze of corn, just a disgusting corn maze. Um, I was really hoping that I would have a collar by now so I could uh, chop it up with you guys. Where are you guys at in the world? Um, most recent caller I had, um, where was he from? He was from the United Kingdom. I'm ignorant of the world in some regards, so I asked him about the queen, and he seemed highly annoyed by this, because that is all that we know here in America about the United Kingdom, is that uh, you guys have the queen over there, right? We... Um, we elect elderly, and you guys just um, are appointed people who will become elderly. I don't know which one's better. But either way, it doesn't really make a difference, I guess. You know, the whole thing is meaningless. I learned recently, a little while ago, that the Earth is 4.5 billion years old. I believe that's the, that's the um, closest scientific estimate, 4.5 billion years old. And the sun burns hydrogen, okay, apparently. This is not me just telling you. This is just something that I've read. The sun burns hydrogen. And you wonder, at the incredible rate at which the sun burns hydrogen, oh, my goodness, you know, when will the sun run out of hydrogen? And believe it or not, smart scientific minds have looked into this matter, and they've studied it. And they estimate that 5 billion more years worth of hydrogen is how much hydrogen is on the sun, which is just insane. Um, that's a lot of hydrogen. Um, I think that kind of, kind of goes without saying. So 4.5 billion years into recorded history of Earth right now, I guess not even recorded history. I don't even know. I'm just saying words that sound right. But the Earth is estimated to be four and a half billion years old. There's five more billion years worth of sunlight left which means we're in the second quarter of, of Earth right now, and uh, we're approaching halftime. So we're only a half a billion years away from estimated halftime of Earth, barring some sort of human interjection interaction um, that would uh, change that around. So that's kind of crazy. At which time that the Earth burns out, you know, we'll obviously be, be uh, dead and gone, but the Earth, as we know it, a warm and habitable planet, um, green grass, blue skies, you know, everything that we know about the Earth will just, uh, I guess, it will just end up being just like a planet that is um, like all the other ones that are uninhabitable that we have been observing. So how cool is that? That was not meant to be depressing, but there's only 5 billion more years left of sunlight, apparently, um, headed towards earth before the sun, I guess, is just going to run out of gas. Wild. Um, what else did I jot down here? So there's no difference between army crawling and regular crawling, except for if you're in the army, it's frowned upon for you to wear diapers. And if you're a baby, it's frowned upon for you to carry a gun. How do we like that? That's a premise. That's a premise for a joke. 
That's a premise for a joke. Do we have anything to add to that? It looks like Missy has joined the room. M-I-S-S-I-E. Maybe it's pronounced Miss A. Maybe you're French. We'll never know. We'll never know. So what else do I have jotted down in my notebook? Miss A, Miss A, what you missed out on before is that I told a tale about how I am 99% sure that my neighbor is a murderer. Um, there is a deceased lady next door. And uh, there is no way that this neighbor fellow um, who recently moved in with uh, the deceased lady's best friend, there's no way that he's not a killer. Um, this is my best working theory. I will not go to the police um, with this information uh, because every time that I've interacted with the police in my entire life, it has ended up, um, you know, not going so well for me, I guess you could say. But now I'm in kind of a different phase of life, one of which I don't really do anything that would attract negative attention from the police at all. And so I guess I could approach them. But the main thing is that I want to move my family away. We're about to move. And so I want to get them away from the away from the killer. This is crazy. It, it will be a, will be an episode of Dateline sooner or later. So the other thing that you missed before joining in today is that um, that I don't know how if anybody else is, is experiencing this or not, but they need to bring back 12 ounce beer cans to events trying to sell us these tall boys, these like silos, like 24, however many freaking ounces it is. Too many ounces. We don't need this many ounces of beer. I want to be able to buy a 12-ounce can at a concert or a festival and enjoy a regular size beer, right? And this is just something that I've been encountering lately at uh, concerts and whatnot. I don't want to buy 24 ounces of beer that's all going to end up gross and warm at the bottom. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right. I don't know if you know what I'm saying, but I'm saying it regardless. Let's see here. I don't know. I went to McDonald's for the first time in a hot minute the other day, and I pulled up to the window, and the guy asked me if I would be, if I would be using the app to order. Why the fuck would I use the app? Why in the world would I use the app when we're already speaking via microphone communication? You know, do we need an app for everything? We certainly don't. I believe we do not need an app for McDonald's drive-through ordering we're using maybe i could have like placed my order on the app i guess that's how a lot of that thing works but good grief good grief let's just we all need to take a step back one less app find an app on your phone today and delete it right i deleted twitter some time ago because i was starting to think in all twitter length thoughts which i realized was an insane thing to do all my thoughts were a hundred and whatever characters the length that Twitter allows. And uh, I realized that I think I was becoming dumber thanks to Twitter. So I got rid of it cold turkey. And I love Twitter. I had a decent decent little Twitter following. I, um, most importantly than that, some fun interactions with people that I, that I liked on there, people that I knew, a lot of people that I didn't know that I uh, met through Twitter. And um, I really enjoyed it. So I've been thinking about getting Twitter back but I just don't want to go back in time that way. I don't want to revert back to just thinking Twitter length thoughts again, you know? So the other thing, this is exciting. I've been working on this. I just got some new AirPods that seem to work better. That's what I'm 
recording on right now, please feel free to let me know how the audio quality is. I'm outdoors waiting for my oil to be changed, kind of sitting down in an area that I think is sheltered from the wind a little bit. Um, but these new AirPods, my old ones, this is not a boring story, I promise. My old ones would not work with phone calls for some reason. People just couldn't hear me for whatever reason. They would always say, your voice is cutting in and out. So I never, I stopped calling people on the phone. You know, text messaging is obviously the preferred form of commu communication that's taken over quite a bit these days. But I got these AirPod Pros and I thought, oh, I'm going to try to make some phone calls again and see if I can get back in the phone calling game. And lo and behold, these seem to work great. And so I've started calling people again, just out of the blue, where I would, before I would send a friend a text message, small talk or whatever. Now, like I called my old college roommate the other day and we talked for quite a while and it was a hoot. We could hear each other laughing and we were just having a blast. And I was like, man, phone calling, you know, I'm just going to start calling people again. Old school, you know, people are going to be surprised by it at first. The big thing that I've found so far in phone calling is that people seem to always answer phone calls these days um, when you call because they're not expecting a phone call and they think that if you're calling that you must be in some sort of jeopardy. You must be in trouble. So they answer just right away, um, which I think is hilarious. They say, is, is everything all right? Is everything all right? As though if you're calling that something must be wrong, you know? And I'm trying to flip the script on that a little bit. So I'm just going to be reaching out placing phone calls and uh, trying to connect and hear the voice of some of the people um, that I appreciate, that I, that I know and that I love and that I just want to talk to, or maybe just people that I don't like that much, but I, uh, maybe I want to give them a chance, you know? So I'm going to be doing less texting and more phone calling. That's my, that's my vow. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about that, listeners? It's not a bad idea, right? Feel free to call in if you have any questions. We can chop it up. We can uh, break it down. We can um, talk about whatever it is that you guys are uh, thinking about. So that's cool. In the meantime, I'm going to see if I've got anything more stashed away in my notes folder here. Uh, this is a controversial one. Um, <laughs> every billionaire is autistic, but not every autistic is a billionaire. Do we think there's anything to that? I mean, I think that that is probably a fact, right? But um, is there anything more to it than that? I don't know. Probably not. Just mining the fields for, uh, for thoughts. Perform stand-up comedy around here. I just had a, uh, where was my last show? Oh, yeah, it was highly pathetic. Um, it paid, I'll say this, only because it is um, unusual. It's unusual for like a feature such as myself. I usually do about 15 minutes um, before a headliner. That's kind of where I'm at in the standards in the world of stand-up comedy. So it's a nice little spot to be. It's a comfortable spot to be. I've got, you know, 15 minutes uh, that I like to do. I can stretch it to 30 minutes um, if I need to. No problem. But this particular gig was um, at a, like, what is essentially a downtown Iowa nightclub in the in a downtown district that um, is known for, I guess these days, just being wasted and some shootings, primarily. Um, 
but uh, somebody booked a show down there, and they they asked a booker to produce a show, realizing that this would be an awful show in this awful venue. The guy shot back a huge number. Okay, I'll do it. It was you know at least a thousand dollars, which is from local comedy standards is a lot of money to produce a show. So therefore, all of us who were on the show got paid two hundred dollars. There was one, two, three, four, four of us on the show, two, four, six, eight, and then the uh, booker made $200 himself. So it was a good deal. Everybody was happy with the amount of money we were paid. We all had to do an even 15 minutes. And uh, knowing going into this that it was just going to be probably one of the worst shows that we've ever experienced. So the show did not disappoint. It was um, horrendous. Um, but we all had a lot of laughs. Part of it is like a shared trauma bond of a group of performers who have all, you know, done very well in large rooms, who have performed on good-sized shows, who have lots of experience. All these guys in the show have been doing stand-up for like 15 years at least. I've been doing it for six. So I was like the young pup of the group, more or less. But it was fun to watch these old guys work, and it was really fun to go into a situation in which we knew was going to be just a complete and utter disaster. But uh, you just got to grind it out and tough it out and, um, you know, see see what happens. I don't know how that story started. Oh, because I took the whole summer off from doing stand-up and everything to spend time with the family. Just the hot months, I'd much rather be outside spending time with the family or golfing or just bullshitting with friends, going to concerts. Um, just kind of living life a little bit. But now that we're kind of getting towards the tail end of summer and fall is about to sneak up on us, I thought I'd get back out there a little bit. I've got another show that's booked at, uh, where is it at? Just another bar show um, sometime in, what is it, August now? I think it's early September is my next show on the books right now. So that'll be great. I'll spend the rest of August writing new material, try to get back into the into my podcast routine and maybe some of the YouTube stuff. Hey, go follow me on YouTube. Um, if you search Ian Pope, the same picture that is the picture on this uh, live broadcast is the picture on my YouTube channel. So I would appreciate it. I'm at a whopping 61 followers right now. I just started trying to get my YouTube going um, at the beginning of the year and um, grew from like two followers to 60 followers pretty quickly. And then I stopped doing any sort of a YouTube posting for the rest of the summer for the reasons that I just said. But now I'm going to try to, I got I to get my YouTube channel to 100 people. So I think I can do that pretty easily if I just start putting forth a little bit of effort again. But that's the bugger, you know. It's all about effort and it's all about the distractions and the other things that you want to do and general laziness. I'd much rather tell jokes and bullshit around than I would into making real content and trying to grow something. But um, that's why the winter especially is such a productive time for me for that because I get just so depressed by the lack of sunlight that I have to try to like mine joy out somewhere. And I, the big way that I do that is, um, you know, obviously with the, with the fam bam, who brings me lots of joy, but also just, uh, you know, I'll start to try more to get that YouTube number. Once you get to 100 people on YouTube, then I think that you can start to broadcast live like this. I would be doing via podcast and live video um, if I was able through YouTube. But at 61 followers, I think they just figure like nobody gives a shit yet, buddy. You cool. 
cool down a little bit, cool off a little bit, and um, you just wait your turn. So I got, what is the number here? Uh, 70, 39 more people. So yeah, go follow me on YouTube. Ian Pope, I-A-N-P-O-P-E is my name. The same picture is on there. Um, I'll get a, uh, I hope to see you on there. Really, I do. Um, I'm going to open it up right now. I'm opening up my YouTube app, and I'm going to see if I'm at 62. All right, you've not yet, you've not yet come through for me. I promise big things on there. Um, I'll refresh again. I'll refresh again. All right, I'm not refreshing again. I don't want to be pathetic here, but I will say it's a good YouTube channel. You can see some of my stand-up comedy clips on there, some stuff that I've done in the past. That's uh, that's okay. I'm trying to re- remember to record more of my shit. The last two shows I've had, I have not recorded. I did a show at a local brewery um, at the beginning of summer, and um, I will, I don't like to say I killed. I did. I had a very nice show. I had a good show, a show that I would have liked to have recorded. Um, but lo and behold, I forgot to record it. In the most recent shitty show at the bar, like the bad show, the one I was just talking about, I did not record it. And I had a very funny interaction that I would have loved to turn into a clip. You see the comedy these days is basically kind of like devolved into, into like crowd work and what you can produce as a clip to uh, put, you know, put on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or whatever the fuck, you know, Facebook. Um, that's like, so people think that stand-up comedy these days is just like crowd work, crowd work, crowd work. But the reality of the matter is, is that uh, nobody wants to put their written bits out onto social media because they think they want to save them for their shows for their live performances, blah, blah, blah. Um, I can see both sides of the argument, but the reality of the matter is, is that there are so many people on earth, et cetera, et cetera, that if you get to the point at which people are engaging with your social media and then coming to your stand-up comedy shows as a result, I could definitely see the philosophy of not posting some bits on there. Like I've posted a few actual written bits um, onto YouTube Ian Pope on YouTube, last plug, I-A-N-P-O-P-E. And uh, subscribe to the Popecast on all platforms. Leave a five-star review. I'll be getting back more into the routine of this lately. This is just kind of a roadside ramble. Right now, I'm sitting by the side of the road across from the place that's changing my oil in the car. So um, this is obviously, as you can tell by the quality, hopefully the audio quality is okay. But um, hopefully um, you're enjoying being here as much as I am talking to uh, you, which in all, for all intents and purposes is nobody. Um, I don't know. At the, uh, at the uh, Goo Goo Dolls concert we were at, it was funny. There was just the percentage of highly sensible shoes being worn at the Goo Goo, at the Goo Goo Dolls concert was incredibly high. You know, I would say 60% of people were wearing incredibly sensible shoes, you know, Skechers, and um, I don't even know, just like a very shoes with good arch supports and good for being on your feet. You know, old people, not like, you know, people in their 40s and 50s. Even somebody like me in my 30s was uh, wearing, you know, a nice sensible pair of shoes that I knew would be comfortable to walk around in. Um, it was funny. So about 60% of the crowd was wearing very sensible shoes at the Goo Goo Dolls concert. 
And 40% of the crowd was risking it all to wear sandals. And you could tell these people were just desperate to feel young still in some way. Um, and the best way that they could express that was through their footwear. They knew that they were going to be paying for it the next day with sore feet and sore ankles and sore knees. But uh, for one night and one night only, they were willing to risk it all to wear sandals. And, you know, good for them. I appreciate that they would that they would do that, you know. I don't know. I know a couple of sisters. Um, one sister is, this is a new, new story. I don't do segues. I'll just jump into a new story. There is uh, two sisters that I know, and one of them is a uh, one of them is in grad school, and really uh, really working hard in grad school to become a doctor. And uh, the other sister has taken a different route and is a stripper, and I believe makes pornography. It was like an OnlyFans type of a situation, you know. And uh, both really nice gals, both really smart gals. I know them both pretty well. They were going back and forth with each other, arguing um, about, you know, the older, the sister that's going to grad school. You can tell that she's kind of annoyed that her other sister has so much more money than her, but is working, you know, what she thinks to be not as hard. And it's understandable, but her payoff will come down the road, I think, maybe. And she's just taking more of a conventional path, and her sister's taking the bag right now. But they were arguing back and forth, and the grad school sister said to her sister, to her, her OnlyFans sister, she said, you know what, I'm busting my butt out here right now. And the sister looked at her, the OnlyFans sister, and she said, what do you think I'm doing? She's probably like really busting her butthole. I don't know what all they're doing on there, but I'm going to say that they're both busting their butts, but just in different ways, you know? All right. That's it. 38 minutes is a pretty good amount of time to ramble on a live stream. Thank you all for listening. I do appreciate it. Um, I'll stay on the line for just one more minute here to see if anybody wants to call in and chat. Just fine if you don't. I do appreciate the listenership. Please give me a follow on YouTube and um, Ian Pope, I-A-N-P-O-P-E, and the Popecast on all streaming platforms. Hop on to that iTunes one. Give us five stars. Oh, man, now we got more and more folks piling on. Give us a call here. Call into the Popecast. Broadcasting live from the roadside across from where I'm getting my oil changed. Sitting on the side of the road looking like a true royal degenerate right here. Looking like a... Uh, Looking like a classy, classy homeless man here. I won't necessarily say classy, but I'm just looking as though um, sitting on the grass here, people must wonder um, if I don't have anywhere better to be. And truthfully, I don't. I'm here talking to you guys right now while I'm waiting to get my oil change. If you'll scroll back, I told a very exciting story about how I believe my next door neighbor to be a murderer. Um, I believe that this will pan out in the court of law someday. It's early on in the investigation, and I will be... Uh, podcasting a full synopsis of this once I get back to my actual podcast studio and uh, I'll be uh, breaking it all down. If you guys care to subscribe to my channel to keep up with this, the brief rundown is this, is that I had a 27-year-old neighbor um, who recently turned up dead 
and then her boyfriend, oh, make a preemptive strike and kill your neighbor first. Now, that is a great way. You just joined, and you have a great contribution already. Um, I would do that if I was like a single young man still in my 20s. I would be a lot more proactive about this. But like the big thing holding me back from a, from a preemptive strike where I just take this guy out and engage him first is my kids. I, uh, you know, it seems like that, uh, that, uh, you know, he knows where to strike me where it hurts the most. If he would, and right now I don't believe that he even knows that I'm on to him. Um, but I did get an email. So just like we thought, my wife and I thought right away, this guy, Ooh, they can help <laughs> bait. Yeah, that's an, I mean, okay. So you are a mad genius right here. Are you, have you done this before? The uh, suggestion here is that I could use my kids as baits, which um, is uh, is certainly one approach. I would have to I would have to do this without running it by my wife. You know, I would have to go rogue um, on this one, which is all fine and well if it works out. If it doesn't work out well, then I'd have to explain to her. Uh, yeah, I would have to explain to her that I got uh, this idea um, while. Um, doing a live stream podcast by the side of the road. And it was my fault that my, that our children had uh, succumbed to some sort of an unfortunate fate. I got an email from the builder of my house and the neighbor's house, which confirmed my, my suspicions that said that the realtor was looking to change the locks. The realtor was reaching out from the dead lady's family about changing the locks on the house because they suspected him of, wrong, of uh, foul play. And so um, her family is all over the investigation. Yeah, if you're my neighbor, this is not good. No, I don't think my neighbor can spell that well. I think that my neighbor is kind of a moron, to be honest. I don't, I mean, he's probably one of those guys that fancies himself to be very smart um, and is not. You know, it's like this this mad genius kind of a psychosis where you think you're smarter than everybody else. Um, but, uh, yeah, you used an R spelling neighbor, neighbor um, or a, a U. The N-E-I-G-H-B-O-U-R lets me know that you are um, from overseas, which is cool. You're probably much smarter than me. You're probably much smarter than my neighbor, um, if we're being honest about this. Um, just that be that neighbor spelling. Um, he's not gotten away with murder yet. Oh, New Zealand. Kiwi. That makes sense. I get it. See, I'm not as dumb as I sound. I can put two and two together. He's only gotten away with murder because she's only been dead for three months. Recently, I'll add this to the fun facts that I was saving for the formal podcast. But the authorities have um, issued a warrant for the deceased lady's cell phone. So there you go. So you think you've gotten away with murder so far, my neighbor, um, but I believe the other shoe is about to drop. And let the record state, I have not snitched, I have just observed. So if this guy goes down, and as I believe he will, um, it, it won't be any doing of mine. So I just, I, I don't want to take credit for it. I mean, I definitely will take credit after maybe he gets like a life sentence, then I'll boast that I, um, you know, that I'm the one who did it, that I'm a hero. Um, but I won't do that until 
the sentence, a, a, like a life sentence with no parole is handed down. But the way these things usually work out, it seems like people, a peeping Tom, I'm an observant neighbor. Thank you very much. I am, I am, I am, uh, I'm an observant neighbor and um, we live in a nice quiet neighborhood and I'm a stay at home dad. So I'm just always around. I'm just, there's an old guy down the street who's definitely far more observant than me. And me and him exchange information. We like to meet out by the mailboxes and chat. And we whisper things that we've observed back and forth to each other. So it's, uh, I am not necessarily, I've not, I mean, like a, a, a peeping Tom looks through windows, right? That's, I think, by definition. And I've never once looked in this guy's windows. Um, and, the, and the main reason is because I just like, it would be, it would strike a chill. Like I would get shivers down my spine if he was looking right back out me, you know, looking right back out the window at me during this. And then, um, and then I would feel like I was in danger. Like I am kind of a coward. Um, although I'd make up for that by being very observant. I'm a desperate housewife. I am. A, I'm a desperate house husband and I do need a drone. I've got friends who have drones, but I just haven't gotten into the drone game yet. I've got, I've got a GoPro. That's not exact. I guess I could hook that onto my drone. So I think it's a fair, uh, judgment. I'm going to keep you guys up, up to date on this. All right. Up to date. It's been 45 minutes. I think I've got 15 more minutes before my oil change is done. And then I'm going to just going to reserve, resume my normal, uh, life. Just head back home. I'm a desperate housewife. <laughs> that would be far more exciting to be a desperate housewife. Um, I am, uh, I don't know if I'm desperate. I mean, I guess I'm here. I am by the side of the road live streaming. I have to be on some levels desperate. And I perform stand-up comedy. I have to be pretty, I guess that's a sign of desperation too, you know? So I don't know, man. I, you know, who are you pointing the fingers, you know? That's what he's saying. Who are, who are you? Who are you to judge me, man? Do you wear the GoPro when you're observing him through the window? Um, if I thought that it would get a lot of views and grow my YouTube channel, I would probably do it. Um yeah, I would do it for the views, for sure. But not not because I wanted to, not because I'm some sort of a some sort of a creep. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I wouldn't want to go through all the effort of wearing the GoPro. And <laughs> I could tell you what it tastes like. All right, I could tell you what it tastes like. I'm an international pimp. <laughs> Check yourself. Tell me what's your biggest uh, what's your biggest accomplishment as an international pimp. Did you just confess to sex trafficking? That sounds like how somebody that was in denial that they were trafficking, trafficking sex. See, we probably just got flagged right there. That's how somebody that would be in denial of sex trafficking would probably describe themselves. I'm an international pimp. So um, I, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I hope you're following all laws. I think that pimping is a uh, – is a um, commendable trade you know certainly you're all your services are always in demand um and hopefully you're paying your hose well because a what is the saying here i'm gonna make up a pimp saying a a happy hoe is a hungry hoe and a hungry hoe will swallow all the loads and make you even more money right a well-fed hoe is a happy hoe faux show i don't know how pimps talk but I always assume that pimps 
are trying to have little cutesy rhyming pimp phrases. All right. International love broker. Let's keep it professional. Is that what it says on your LinkedIn? Um, you guys probably don't use LinkedIn. Maybe you do. I don't know. Where do you, um, where do you uh, drum up business? You know, uh, now the, the tables have turned, the turns have tabled, and I am learning things here. You know, Mr. A, Mr. A pimp, um, you are out there just selling. That's the world's oldest profession. I think back in the day, hoes used to be freelance, you know, or have they always been pimps? Bitches be tripping and I ain't sipping. See, you guys do love rhyming. I know it. Mr. A just hooked up a Pakistani dude with an Iranian chick. They'll be planning an attack by next week. Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. Am I going to get subpoenaed for this? I feel like I could get subpoenaed for this information. This whole stream will end up as court evidence. So how did I, why do, why do international love brokers love rhyming? You know, it's probably the same reason that people rhyme in all forms of song. It's just easier. It's easier than just old, good old fashioned prose. Maybe they'll take out your name. Don't do anything to my neighbor until after I leave. And I must go on the record to say, don't do anything to my neighbor in general. Right. Because I need to be on the record and I need to be um, above reproach here. Right. This is, I'm just merely an observer. I am my neighborhood desperate housewife, peeping Tom, that is um, just uh, trying to keep my kids safe. You know what I'm saying? You guys know what I'm saying. Who are we kidding? We're all on the same page here, I think. I feel like that we've really hit a hit our stride. Snitches get stitches. See? See? The snitches get stitches thing is retarded, I think. Snitches get stitches for acting like bitches. Um, there's a nice rhythm to that. If like we're gonna break it down lyrically, there's a nice, nice rhythm there. Snitches get stitches for acting like bitches. You know, it has a nice flow to it. Um, but I think it's been done before. As far as being OC, as far as being original content, I don't think unless you're the one who originally coined that phrase. Which, if um, that's the case, then I, you know, then we're really onto something here as far as um, as far as content. If we have the inventor. The original author, let's just keep it even classier. You are the author who originally coined the phrase snitches get stitches. Then um, we should be listening to you right now. I think that's what it comes down to. Okay, I'm going to run this by you guys once more. What do you think about the theory that the, there's really no difference between army crawling and regular crawling? Except for if you're in the army, it's frowned upon for you to be wearing diapers. And if you're just regular crawling like a baby, it's frowned upon for you to carry a gun. I think we got anything there. I think we got anything there. I wrote that down in my notes whilst taking a poop just the other day. Um, so that's what I got. You guys can just uh, don't use that one because I'm going to try to write that out more and I'll try to try it on stage at an open mic. Um, sometime soon, and then I will come back and I will tell you how poorly it went. All right. Um, what What do you think about my theory that all billionaires are are autistic? Here, I'll say it again. All billionaires are autistic, but not all autistic are billionaires. You think there's anything to that? I mean, it's obviously a true statement. I think that everybody that we know who's a billionaire is autistic, right? I mean, 
one that comes to mind is Elon, for sure, for sure autistic. And I'm going to go on the record that aut- autism, I think, is probably a superpower of some sort. Um, it's a superpower for sure. Um, but uh, you got to the only way that you should feel bad about being autistic is if you're not a billionaire. You know, what are you using your superpowers for finger paints? You know, that's what I'm this is just a theory I'm bandying about. I'm bandying about this theory. All right, guys. Well, I think I'm going to end on that note. This has been a blast. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, goddammit. Go do it right now. I'm not asking you. Go to YouTube and type in Ian Pope, I-A-N-P-O-P-E. I'm trying to grow my channel to 100 followers so I can rename my channel, give it a custom name, all right? I know this sounds pathetic. I'm begging strangers on the internet. But, you know, this is the, this is the world we live in these days, right? It's not my fault. It's not my world. I didn't make it. I'm just living in it, okay? All right, I look forward to talking to you guys later. I'm going to come back with a lot more information. There's just mounds of information that I can give to you about the neighbor whose window I've been peeping through who I am suspecting of murder. All right, stay tuned. If that's not a tease for the future, I don't know what else is. The only other thing I'm talking about today is that if any of you are local beer distributors, start selling me 12-ounce beers at events. I don't want these 24 ounces of beer anymore. Shove these 24-ounce huge cans of beer right up your ass. We don't want them. We want 12 ounces of beer that we can chug and guzzle cold, cold, cold cans of beer. I'll buy twice as many cans of beer, and you'll make up for the amount that you are selling those big-ass, giant butt plug silo of beer for, okay? I know it all comes down to money. My name has been Ian Pope. This is the PopeCast. God bless you all, international love broker, pimp hand strong, peace up, hose down, Ian Pope, signing off.